So, so, so far, yeah, yesterday and starting the evening before, um, we've been exploring bringing our attention more fully yeah, into uh, the body or to the experience of hearing, if you've been working with sound. Um, and we've also been exploring the kind of more nourishing or pleasant aspects of our experience. Yeah, so more nourishing, pleasant aspect of the breath, yeah, connecting to that, or of hearing of sound. And this is still the primary instruction yeah, for today. It can be very uh, fruitful to continue to do this. Yeah. can really um, both support cultivating spaciousness, stability, yeah. Yeah, just as a general sense, and the um, spaciousness and stability of attention. It also um, is, is kind of really helpful uh, counterbalance for most of us um, because, as I think I mentioned yesterday, uh, we actually our, our brains are actually wired to notice the negative, to notice what isn't going well more than what is. Yeah, it's called uh, even has a scientific name, the negativity bias. Yeah, and so for many of us, kind of intentionally cultivating capacity to notice what is okay, what is pleasant, what is nourishing, what is supportive, what we appreciate, you know, that whole range, intentionally doing that, it's kind of balancing a tendency of the mind, a habit of the mind, uh, that doesn't always serve our well-being. Yeah, it's a survival, very old survival mechanism that we have. And so kind of one way of attempting to it is redressing that balance, rebalancing, yeah, so that we can um, notice what's fine, what's okay, yeah, what's lovely, what's beautiful, and what's pleasant. And as we do that, you know, as we can do this practice, one, one thing that is revealed is, you know, we learn to see or we see, okay, how am I with the pleasant? How am I with the pleasant? What's my relationship to it? Yeah. Is it possible for me to stay with it? Yeah, to notice it, to stay with it? What gets in the way? How am I with um, the whole range of experience that's not particularly pleasant or unpleasant? Yeah. What, what is often called the, the neutral. I sometimes call it the uneventful. Yeah. How am I with that? Yeah. Everything that typically just we, we don't notice at all yeah, because it doesn't have um, enough in it to draw our attention or sustain our attention. So we can start also seeing that. And then how are we in relationship to the unpleasant? Yeah? So all of that is revealed <laughs> as we practice. Yeah? How am I with, how's my relationship to what's unpleasant? Yeah. And so I'm going to repeat again, the primary practice, the primary encouragement, yeah, whenever possible, is still to work with breath, body, sound, yeah, 
and kind of really tuning in, really attending, really inclining the attention to what is okay, pleasant, good enough, comfortable, nourishing, <laughs> yeah, what you're grateful for, what you appreciate, yeah, that whole range of experience. That's still the primary thing. And at the same time, um, we're also going to open to how to work skillfully with the uncomfortable, yeah, the unpleasant uh, or the painful uh, when they arise. Now, why are we doing that? So, listen carefully. <laughs> yeah, please. Uh, we're doing that because discomfort will arise. Yeah, and and I'm sure for many of you, you've been noticing this. Yeah, we're kind of say, okay, here's the instruction, here's the suggestion. Tune into, you know, the nourishing aspect of the breath. And what keeps drawing my attention is my knee pain. Yeah. Right? So the discomfort will arise. Yeah. It's part of our, um, part of being human, part of having a body. Yeah, if we're just looking at the body right now. There will be, will be body discomfort that arises. And we want to include that in our practice. And so... Um, we're starting to explore that. How do I attend to it skillfully? And also, yeah, what can I learn? You know, remember, this is practice. We're practicing insight. Yeah. We're interested in seeing insight, seeing into things, yeah. seeing in ways that, that can free us. So we're interested to, to understand, okay, how is this fabricated? How is this constructed? So we're going to primarily work with the body um, if possible, yeah, and we're going to primarily uh, kind of we're going to really emphasize starting with the with the smaller weights, okay? Yeah, so not go f to if we can not go to the kind of more more most chronic, most painful areas of our body, but if we can work with the lighter weights with a milder discomfort initially. Um, we're also not going to actively look for it, okay? but we're going to be open to when it arises. And as I said, for most of us, discomfort will arise as we're sitting still. Yeah, might be a tickle, might be an itch, might be too hot, might be too cold. Yeah, might be the leg falling asleep. Yeah, might be the knee aching. Yeah, different variations. When we start looking more at this experience of discomfort in the body, we can start to see, you know, our relationship to it. So if you, and, and this is part of the encouragement, look in this way. <laughs> you can see, ah, this is uncomfortable, this hurts. And then intertwined with that, there's I don't want it. Yeah. I don't like it. I don't want it. Very, very closely interwoven. Okay, so remember yesterday we were talking about ways of looking and ways of relating? This is the way of looking. <laughs> the I don't want it. Yeah. Not inherent in the object. It's not part of that tickle. Yeah. Or that itch. Or that ache. That's kind of a way of looking. That's coming from the mind and heart in relationship to. And interestingly enough, it's so quick to arise so 
such a habit that arises often we don't actually get to know the experience yeah we don't actually know to what does this actually feel like it's like that uh, itch uh, don't like it don't want it pushing away sometimes Yeah, really tempted by that sometimes, but let's leave it as sometimes. Sometimes <laughs> what we're actually experiencing as discomfort is that rejection, is that I don't like it. That is actually a really big part of the discomfort that we're experiencing. And, you know, that resistance. And the Buddha spoke about this um, very beautifully many times. Uh, one of my favorite uh, Suttas is the one uh, when he talks about this as, as two arrows. He gives a simile of two arrows. He says, you know, we have the initial event. Yeah. I bang my elbow against something. Yeah. And that's painful. And that's the first arrow, right? That physical thing. And then added into that is the second, which will be a dam, you know. What an idiot. What a klutz again. This is my mind. It's not yours. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. Why did I do that? Yeah. Or, you know, why did someone put a doorway there? You know, that can also be an arrow yeah. for me to bang into. Yeah. Oh, you know, where's my mindfulness? How, you know, what a terrible meditator I am. So I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit exaggerating, but actually not much. You know, sometimes this is what happens. Yeah, so this is one level of arrows that we can see, or you know, just that initial pain, and then we can feel the body contract. Yeah? Just think about your experience. When there's something uncomfortable, as we get sensitive, we can feel a contraction around that. That's also a second arrow. Yeah? It's not the initial <coughs> experience of discomfort. Yeah? It's the response, yeah? it's the reactivity of the system to that, which happens really on a physical level as well as a mental one. And so um, these second, third, fourth, you know, arrows, they, they come in gangs <laughs> many times. Uh, you know, they, they can come on a physical level, on a mental level, on an emotional level, right? And, and it's really helpful to start looking at our experience to see, okay, what makes up this? You know, what makes up this, you know, knee pain? What makes up this itch? Yeah. Because, you know, the more we look, the more we see. It's not just shaped by the so-called physical event itself. It's also shaped by how I relate to it. And this is where gateways of freedom open up. Yeah? Because if it's also shaped by the way of relating, there's something I can do here. Yeah? There's a skill I can develop and cultivate. And often, the more we look at this, we see that the ways that we habitually relate to discomfort yeah, and to pain, um, the ways we habitually relate don't actually bring less pain. They often bring more. Yeah. They're often not very skillful. Um, they're habits. Yeah. And so we don't beat ourselves up <laughs> for that going on. Yeah. But it just opens up the possibility of a different way of relating. And so this is a really important insight to have in the background 
as we explore how to relate to discomfort and pain in the body. And I'm going to give you some suggestions how to do that. Yeah? It's not just saying, ah, oh, it's the wrong way of relating. Okay, let's get a new one. Yeah? We actually have some practical ways of, of doing that. So the first step, yeah, the first thing to, to do is to actually look and see. Yeah? There's a sensation. And what's the reaction to that sensation? Yeah, can I see, can I feel um, to a d- you know, that there's a degree of resistance there? Yeah, and I learn to feel it. I learn to meet it. I learn to know it. Yeah, remember the intimacy, the coming to life, it includes this. Yeah. And so the first step is just acknowledging, ah, here's the experience. And there's the sense of, I don't want it. There's a sense of maybe rejection or resistance. How do I know that? Yeah, can I feel that in the body? That contraction or that kind of, get this away from me. Yeah. Can I maybe see it, you know, sometimes we can see it in the thoughts. It's helpful to work in the body, but we also might recognize it in, in the thoughts. And we recognize that. Ah. There's a kind of a few things going on at the same time. Yeah, it's not just this knee pain. There's also the layers of contraction in the body around it. There's also the layers of rejection that I'm bringing uh, unintentionally. Really important. Yeah, the layers of rejection that I'm bringing unintentionally to that experience. And so we acknowledge, and then we ask ourselves, can I allow this? And this includes the resistance because there's also a resistance to the resistance, especially when you see it. <laughs> oh, I'm resisting. I shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, doing the wrong thing again. I'm a bad meditator again. Yeah. And so, just kind of, can I just allow it and um, and see how it actually feels? Yeah. So we're allowing the resistance, or we're allowing the pain, whatever layer we can, or both. How does this actually feel? Uh, it's important that we get to know how things actually feel. Yeah. Not just our idea of them, yeah. but how they actually feel. I have a different example of this. I can't resist. Um, it was from lunch yesterday. I don't know if you, if you noticed this, but that sweet potato dal was really quite something. And, um, you know, I was kind of eating it and I thought, ah, I'm so glad I'm on this retreat right now because, you know, sweet potato dal, great. You know, I see it, I think, ah, great, I know it, you know, dal, sweet potatoes, had lots of them. Just noticing the flavors. I don't know if you noticed those sweet potatoes, they had this, like, I was, what have they soaked them in? They had this like incredible flavor. Anyway, what I'm getting to with that example is we have an idea that we know something, Yeah. We know, you know, what dal tastes like. We know what sweet potatoes taste like. We know what knee pain is like. You know, we have an idea that we know something. And when we think we know it, we don't pay attention. We're not interested in it. And then we miss out so much. And the same thing, yeah, we can bring that same thing, not just to food. <laughs> yeah. But actually... Yeah, to, to this, to the body, heart, mind experience, and to those things that we typically don't want to pay attention to, yeah, like what is uh, un- painful or uncomfortable. So can I allow it, and can I get closer to it? Can I just feel, how does this feel? 
Yeah. And what happens when I accept, when I allow, even a little bit, and we can use, if you're using the breath, we can use the breath to support us yeah, in allowing. Yeah. Use the breath to support us in, in this kind of process of allowing. Yeah. Breathing with it. And sometimes you, know, you can say to them, okay, I'm not going to agree to have this for my whole life. I'm just going to allow it for one breath. Yeah. I'm just going to allow it for two breaths. And really breathing with it and see what happens in that meeting. Yeah, what is this like? So that's one kind of whole way and, and really important step in, in meeting the, the, the painful or the uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, again, primarily working with the body. I'm going to keep emphasizing that. We can also use the breath or use our capacity to invite the body to relax, yeah? to um, relax tension around the area of the body that feels painful or uncomfortable. So we're not necessarily going straight to the heart of it. But, you know, we've taken a few breaths just with that experience, just acknowledging, okay, discomfort. Then can we use the breath or just invite, yeah, area around that painful part to relax as much as it can. Yeah. Just an invitation. Okay, that's another way. Yeah. And as we do that, we can also explore, um, can we invite the area itself to relax? Yeah. That might be another step. Because, yeah, as I was saying, when there's pain discomfort, the body contracts in response and that increases the discomfort. So what happens if we invite relaxation around and to? So that's another way. They're written down on the notice board, you'll be happy to know. <laughs> um, another possibility, and I'll say right now, I'm going to give quite a few. Don't try all of them. Yeah, it's just to give you a, a, a range um, and then just, just choose two, one, two or three max to, to explore yeah, when discomfort arises. We can also imagine the breath coming in and out of the area that feels uncomfortable. Yeah. This can be really fun <laughs> to do. Yeah. So we kind of open out our exploration of the breath, not just as a, a kind of the um, physiological thing that we know is happening, right? but actually as kind of an energy that we can rely on. And so we can imagine, for example, I just keep going with the knee pain example, we can imagine the breath coming in and out of the knee yeah, and see what happens there. And the breath moving in and out, that movement, and maybe we kind of particularly relate to the nourishing or soothing aspect of the breath as we do that. So that's another way. We can also um, expand awareness. Yeah, This is another kind of group of practices we can do. Um, as we've been doing, yeah, we can just open out to a sense of the whole body. So the awareness will contract and shrink around the discomfort. So if the knee's painful or if there's an itch on my face, tension will keep co going there. 
Yeah, it's like a magnet for our attention. And we can keep opening out and get a sense of the whole body. Yeah. Or to the field of sound, if that's what we're working with yeah, around us. And so we're kind of, again, we're going against that habit of shrinking. We're opening to more of what's there. As we open the awareness, yeah, yeah, then the, the attention is naturally less fixed on the uncomfortable. And this is also, again, really interesting as an insight to explore. What happens to the problematic nature of the experience when I'm aware of more than just that sensation? So, I'll do a quick review at the end. Another possibility, yeah? So we're kind of opening to this possibility of, okay, the attention has a habit of shrinking, contracting, um, fixating on the unpleasant, but we have other possibilities. We can draw it somewhere else. So we can open up the space. We can also ask ourselves, is there anywhere in the body right now that feels okay? Yeah. Might feel nice. Might just not feel not nice. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of the time. Yeah. I mean, we've all had experiences of pain, right? Broken a limb, had chronic pain, you know, been ill. Yeah. What would you give in those times for just, you know, not, not nice, yeah. uneventful? So we can draw attention to that. And I, I'll give you some pointers at the hands many times, little finger. Yeah, just check the elbows, yeah? Just areas of our body that we normally don't pay attention to, and we can kind of just check what does that feel like right now. Yeah. And again, it can be a practice because the attention will keep going back to the unpleasant, and we're opening to something else. What else is here? Yeah. And this is, you know, very, very much what we're doing as a basic cultivation here of opening to the pleasant. So that's another possibility. Okay, so just a couple more. And if it already feels like enough, then just stop listening and I'll tell you when to retune in. Okay, as I said, they're on the notice board and you, you wouldn't want to try and, and, and work with all of them anyway. Um, another p option is to bring an attitude of compassion or of metta, loving kindness, if you're familiar with that, to that area of painfulness. Just hold that pain, just hold that discomfort in an atmosphere of compassion. Yeah. You're just changing the way of looking from the resistance to compassion or to metta, to care. And, you know, sometimes kind of bathing it, yeah, in, in that sense of compassion. And the last one, sometimes, yeah, and this is usually not with the milder pains and discomforts, but when they build up, um, 
sometimes with a sense of contraction, whatever we're doing, it just keeps building up. Yeah? And there's a real sense of struggle with the experience. Um, particularly if this is in an area where there's injury or there's a history, yeah, there's chronic pain, um, an ongoing issue, um, then the last possibility <laughs> to work skillfully with pain is to move. Okay? Is to move. Um, and the beautiful thing about this is that um, we can still do this as part of our practice. We've already mentioned it. Yeah. We can bring that compassion, yeah, that kindness, that interest and the mindfulness to the body. Yeah. And to the experience of just noticing, okay, so I need to move now. I might need to change the posture completely. I might not just need to make a small adjustment I'm doing that as part of our, of my practice. Yeah. So all these ways that I've just described, yeah, and we had kind of the kind of coming to with the allowing, yeah, the the invitation for the area to relax, yeah, the breathing in and out, yeah, the opening the awareness, you know, just big awareness, or the kind of shifting the awareness to somewhere else in the body that feels okay. Yeah, they're all kind of changes in the way of looking and the way of relating. I hope, I hope that we can see this, and this is kind of really something to chew on and mull on. Yeah. They're all shifts from uh, resistance, fear, rejection, yeah, to some degree of interest and engagement, yeah, and allowing yeah. in all of them. Uh, and the interesting thing is that when we can make these shifts in the way of relating, um, it really eases the level of contraction. So even if, you know, say the knee pain stays, it doesn't necessarily disappear. Sometimes it does, but it doesn't necessarily disappear. The sense of problematic, the sense of suffering, <laughs> yeah, in the, you know, that, that level of dukkha, yeah, can ease. Yeah, quite phenomenal. Yeah, quite phenomenal in, in its possibilities. So again, don't try all of them. Yeah? Don't go looking for the discomfort. <laughs> it will come to you, guaranteed. Yeah? And if you have a you know, pain or discomfort-free sitting or day or even retreat, wonderful. Enjoy it. Yeah, yeah really. So don't go looking for it. Uh, but when it comes, remember, yeah, just take a moment to meet it, to see it, and to kind of, okay, how can I bring interest to this? How can I actually use this as a way of deepening understanding? So sometimes, um, you know, one thing that can happen kind of under the surface, something we call deal-making, yeah, I just love our minds, they're so devious, you know. So it's like, ah, okay, I'll pay attention to you unpleasant because then you'll go away. Yeah. I'm going to give you some compassion so that you disappear. So we have this deal-making going on. This is actually a subtle form of resistance, of course, and really important to bring humor <laughs> to this. Yeah, it's the, you know, our minds, they're just doing the best they can, yeah. And we can bring humor, we can kind of bring lightness. Okay. 
This is what we do. And we allow that and we kind of soften with that as well. Remembering this isn't about rejection, it's about this intimacy with experience, it's about deepening understanding through getting to know the whole range of, of being a human being. And so again, if possible, yeah, don't go looking for it. Yeah, just notice when it comes, when it draws your attention. Um, if possible, work with milder things first. Yeah, there's quite a few people in the hall here you know, that have some, you know, quite a lot of pain that they are living with yeah, on a regular basis. Yeah. And so really acknowledging, honoring that, yeah, an inspiration to all of us. And sometimes, you know, the, the kind of pull will be not just for people who have chronic pain, but for any of us to go to the, the biggest, the, the, you know, the most serious thing. And yes, sometimes that might be skillful. There might be a lot to discover there. But generally, the guideline is go for the milder, yeah, build up the capacity um, over time if it's possible. Similarly, you know, a lot of this might be applicable to emotions as well and mind states. Um, but for most of us, really helpful to work with this in the body first. Yeah? Emotions, thoughts, mind states tend to be much more sticky and tricky. <laughs> yeah? We get hooked into them much more, typically. So, um, yeah, we cultivate the skill in the, in the body with the body, and we know this is going to be applicable yeah, in other situations um, across, across time in our lives. Okay, just one last thing, I think, or a few last things. Um, So some discomfort in the body, as I said, is is almost guaranteed to happen, very likely to happen. We're not used to sitting still for long periods of time and for so many hours a day. Um, So knowing how to attend to discomfort when it arises is really useful, really helpful. At the same time, yeah, you know, acknowledging sometimes pain will arise or discomfort will arise, that's fine. Yeah, our aim isn't also to be completely pain free. Yeah. And, yeah, there's also practical things that we can do to care for the body. Yeah, so it's not just how we relate to pain or discomfort in the practice, but also what we can do um, beyond that. Okay, so some practical things. Yeah, we did. We do the gentle stretches in the morning. Most of us really helpful to do more of this through the day. Yeah, take care of the body. Yeah, so maybe at a break, maybe a few minutes of the walking period. Yeah, do some stretches. Yeah, stretch the body, attend to the body. Yeah, care for the body, to to bring release and to open. In the posture, yeah, really pay attention to the posture. And that's part of why we're going to do a posture workshop um, later today. And some things that we talked about, symmetry. Yeah. So if you're any, in any of the cross-legged postures in particular, you might be kind of continuously having one leg in front of the other. Yeah. So the right leg is in front of the left leg or the left leg is in front of the right leg. Does that make sense when I say that? I'll just show it, right? I sit like this. See, so the right is in front of the left. Yeah? It uses the muscles of my back differently. Yeah? So I need to alternate. Next sitting, I'll have my left in front of my right. Yeah? 
So this is sometimes, um, you know, we have a habit of the body, and so it's, it can be take time to get used to, but it supports that sense of symmetry um, and balance in the body over time. Um, also, alternating between different sitting postures yeah, can be really helpful. So um, if you're sitting in a, um, on the floor, yeah, doing some sits in a chair or alternating between cross-legged and kneeling postures on the ground. Yeah, so you're not constantly using the same muscles. Yeah. For many of us, this is really helpful. There's no hierarchy yeah, of postures. No hierarchy. If you've done a Gwenko retreat, you don't need a doctor's letter to sit on a chair. You really don't. <laughs> you only need your own sense of, um, of your body and what's kind and helpful. Yeah. There's no hierarchy. There's no, you know, they were sitting like that because that was the common way of sitting at their time. Yeah. We're just joking just before coming down here. You know, the Buddha sat on a bunch of grass. <laughs> he made a seat from grass. So he made a seat to be more comfortable. Um, he didn't have chairs and cushions and all the, all the stuff that we have. So really kind of taking care of the body in that way. And if you haven't noticed yet, by the notice board, we've got a whole list of guidelines um, for posture. So, you know, have a look uh, and read those and, and ask questions in the groups if they come up. And the posture guidelines will also be up on the online notice board for for those that are online with us. Right, that was a lot. So let's practice. If, um, if you need to just uh, stand, we'll have about a 15 minute sit. If you need to stand uh, and then resettle into your posture or change from chair to floor or floor to chair or kneeling to cross-legged or the other way around. Or to standing, of course, that's also a possibility. And then settling into your into your posture for this time. It's bringing the awareness into the body as you settle into the posture. Inviting the awareness to the sensations of contact, 
between the body and the seat, the body and the ground. Just taking a few moments to ground and root the awareness in the body. Feeling that contact, body with seat, body with ground. When you're ready, expanding from those points of contact, expanding awareness through the whole body. Having a sense of the whole body sitting here, standing here. Awareness spread, whole space of the body. as much as possible seeing if through the meditation we can keep the awareness wide and open, expanded through the whole body. And choosing as a primary object either <coughs> the breath or sound according to what's accessible for you and supportive for you. Tuning in to interest and kindness and attention. Emphasizing, inclining to the nourishing, the pleasant, the comfortable in the breath or with the hearing of sound. It's partly why the spacious awareness is helpful.
to tuning to the breath or to sound, tuning to the comforting, the nourishing aspects. of this, you can even play a little bit with the breathing. Making it a little bit longer or deeper. Or inviting it to be deeper, longer. Very gently, very subtly. Seeing if that supports the breathing to be more comfortable, more pleasant, more nourishing. Similarly with sound, exploring, listening to further sounds or to nearer sounds, what feels more nourishing, more comforting more spacious. If at any point pain or discomfort draws your attention, just remembering one of these options, I'm just going to offer a few here. Noticing any resistance that arises and inviting that to relax, allowing yourself to meet the discomfort. Perhaps breathing in and out through the painful area or around the painful area. Third option might be to open out the awareness. Again, to the whole body or to out to the field of sound. Or to shift the attention to somewhere else in the body that feels okay. Or to sounds that feel soothing, pleasant, easeful. So let's explore this for a little while in our own way.
So this was a fairly short meditation, and about 15 minutes. Um, apologies if no discomfort arose for you in that time. Um, obviously, yeah, as we sit for longer, 45 minutes, then more likely for that to happen. And, and just kind of keeping these possibilities in mind and keeping the principles, yeah, of the just kind of the, the gentle, compassionate approach towards yeah, coming towards, coming to life, yeah, including this is part of life uh, as a, in, in these different ways um, and exploring that. How does that impact experience and what can we learn from that? So just uh, uh, a few more words about walking practice. Um, yeah, walking's really, really interesting <laughs> for some of us. Um, it's actually more easeful, the walking. Yeah, if that's the case, notice that. Yeah, enjoy it, appreciate that. Uh, for many of us, um, it's it's kind of uh, not so easy. Yeah, for various reasons, and sometimes it might take um, more commitment. Yeah, more intention to to do to find our way uh, with it. Um, really helpful to remember that thread of continuity that really supports yeah going from sitting to walking to sitting to walking that continuity is actually really helpful yeah really really helpful um and also uh, i would say this plug a lot of insight comes in the walking practice yeah. it's part of why we do it um a lot of insight so um a few kind of a few additions or suggestions one is you know we we always say walking um but actually it's any practice that's in movement yeah so the distinction is not sitting and walking it's stillness and movement yeah between those two practices and i think yeah it's it's a strong habit to say sitting and walking <laughs> but actually stillness cuz that includes standing reclining yeah and movement, yeah, walking or moving the body in some way. Yeah. So sometimes for some of us, not possible or not helpful to to walk um, for an extended period of time. We can do another type of movement. Yeah. Sometimes give this example, even just moving your your hand. <laughs> yeah. As the practice, right? Um, Stopping as part of the of the movement or walking practice really helpful. So I always begin. Uh, I love walking practice. I'm going to own up to it. <laughs> I'm addicted to walking practice. Um, start with standing, yeah, and actually kind of like just like we do at the beginning of the sit of the sits, establish the awareness in the whole body. Do that in standing, and then begin the walking from there. And remember, any point you can stop again and kind of reconnect to that sense of the whole body and the grounding as a, as a support. Really, really helpful. Uh, but particularly at the beginning of the path and the end of the path, and this is also why it's usually helpful to have a walking path, as Nathan said, that's kind of, a, kind of have a sense of its length. Yeah? And so that uh, supports us to kind of stop and, and feel and connect to our experience. Um, Sometimes connecting to the sense of the whole body moving. Sometimes connecting to the sense of to the to particular. So feet on the ground if you're walking, or like I said, 
you might be just moving the hand or moving a part of the body and you're really sensitive and interested in that movement. Um, we can also um, you know, have a lot of letting go in the walking or the movement practice. Yeah, so sometimes one, one of the things that we, we find, we're walking and our minds might be more stimulated. Some of us it's less, but for others it's more. There's more thinking. Yeah. And so you have a sense of just letting go of that thinking down the body, giving it to the earth or letting it out into the air. Just keep letting, letting it go. Yeah, keep letting it go into the air, into the space, into the earth. We can also connect our intention in the walking practice yeah, and have like ah, this movement or this step. Yeah, this is a step of just kind of some of the intentions, yeah, this is a movement of stillness, if that's your intention. This is a movement of metta, of compassion, yeah. This is a movement of presence, yeah. Just having a sense of that intention as you, as you do your practice can also be really beautiful. And, um, and seeing, connecting to the beauty so the same kind of tuning in to, as we're doing, to the nourishment um, or the comfort or the well-being in the breath, also the same in the movement. Yeah. The beauty of a body moving. That's a really beautiful, precious thing. Yeah, A body moving. We can connect to that beauty. We can connect to the beauty of the world that we're moving through. Yeah, And the preciousness of that, the world that we're part of, yeah? uh, kind of different ways of, of connecting and, and walking practice. One of its beauties is that sense of connectivity that, that can open up, open up. 